Hey, you. Are you a business owner? Are you tired of the same old look and feel of your organisation? Well, maybe it's time your business had a makeover. Whether it's a new or a fresh logo, business cards, publications, or any other digital design, we know the place. Danny LaRosa Design. Let me repeat. Danny LaRosa Design. Danny's up to the task, whether it's big or small. She's fully qualified in visual communications and vastly experienced across Australia and abroad. We've used Danny LaRosa Design, and let's just say the customer comes first. You won't be persuaded or pushed into a certain direction, but at the same time, if you're looking for inspiration, she's the person you need to contact. Let her brainstorm with you to get the perfect product and outcome that you're looking for. Absolutely. Stand out from the crowd. Don't be afraid of change. New is good. Danny LaRosa Design. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Her handle is at Danny LaRosa Design. Website www.dannylarosadesign.com Make the change today. What the hell are you waiting for? Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Turning Stones podcast. Today's episode, it's going to be a special one. It's actually going to be a part two of our first coronavirus episode. But this time, we're giving you some updated facts, figures, opinions, and some real-life experiences. Sam's not with me right now, but he will be in the thick of it. So stay tuned, get keen, strap yourselves in. It's going to be a good one. And also, before we get started, please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at TurnstonesPod. We'd appreciate it. All right, so... Episode two of uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. A lot has changed since our since our last chat. So um, maybe you know we'll start by saying obviously some of the facts are not uh, well are not up to date that were in the first episode. So we're going to try to um, update some of those. Um, yeah, so it's just a changing beast at the moment. This uh, coronavirus pandemic. Um, we've got uh, we've got Terry and I here tonight, of course, as usual. Um, I am present. He's here. So Terry's uh, actually recently just got back from the United States, isn't that right, Terry? That is correct. The United States of America. Yes, and uh, as as everyone would know, at this stage of uh, of this saga, anyone returning from uh, overseas travel has to. Uh, self-isolate for two weeks. So Terry is currently um, in the middle of his self-isolation, um, obviously having a great time, I think. Absolutely. Um, I've currently got 10 days left of self-quarantine, so I'm abiding by the government's instructions, rules and regulations, as a good citizen should. Um, and I commend them for setting these sort of policies up um, just to sort of limit the spread and basically just to protect anyone around me um, that I could sort of infect. Um, but yeah, so, so far, so good. Haven't lost my mind just yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, still got 10 days to go. You never know. So Terry, tell us uh, what, what was it like when you were over in the United States uh, being obviously a, a foreigner and um, being from Australia and being sort of faced with this evolving situation with the uh, coronavirus, what's um, what, what were the scenes like 
around the uh, the big cities of New York and whatnot. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Um, firstly, I'm a bit disappointed that you didn't say welcome back or anything, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just go <laughs> on from that, shall we? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it really has escalated, um, and there's always updating developments, not only daily, but even hourly. Like, it's just always changing. And as you mentioned previously, um, a couple of seconds ago, that it's it's an, it's an ever-changing beast, and what a word for it, and that's a great adjective, I think. Um, yeah to describe the situation. And, and I did depart for the United States of America on the 13th of March. And at that point, obviously COVID was still around um, and it had a presence and obviously it was at the back of my mind. But at that stage there, I was, I was still fairly confident that it wasn't going to affect anything that I had planned on doing over there. However, as I just mentioned that it has been escalated over, you know, every day it's changing, every hour it's changing. Um, by sort of day five, six of, of, of my trip, um, you know, I, I started off in New York City and that was only going to be one of uh, eight cities I was going to go visit. And basically it was the one and only city that I visited. Um, and so, yeah, basically as it was developing, it seemed as if the Americans are a lot more tame and chilled about the situation um, as opposed right, to right. what was happening over here. So from the friends and family that were messaging me while I was over there, um, mm -hmm. it seemed as if there was more panic stations in Australia. Now, yeah, yep. I don't really have a problem with that, except that, I mean, the government's trying to be, it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, better to be overcautious than under. Of course. Um, but then these extremes of buying 50 rolls of toilet paper for a household of four. Now, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be, that's a bit un-Australian if you ask me. That's um, right. So, and and then once COVID-19 got to a stage where, all right, the Americans realized, shit, this is getting serious. It's getting out of hand. Um, then they started, you know, implementing certain restrictions. So by the last day that we were there before we decided, let's cut this trip short and, and head home, um, they started implementing these restrictions, meaning that the day before they actually implemented them, we went to a cafe. And right. it's interesting. This was in Harlem. And we went to go the get a coffee. It's really cold. Yeah, well, didn't see them, but. <laughs> yeah, we uh we we stumbled upon this um pretty nice ca uh, cafe and mm -hmm. as you all know that I love my coffee. Um went in, um ordered an americano in America. I mean, who how many people can say they did that? I mean, not many, but I can. Uh sipping on my delicious cup and we went to go sit down and every second table had a piece of paper on them with a massive X on it. And yeah, right. we're thinking, what's going on here? And we went to go sit down and the owner's like, oh, sorry, man, you can't, you can't sit down. I said, oh, what's going on? He goes, oh, uh, we've been instructed by the mayor and the governor of the state to limit our capacity for today to 50%. Mm -hmm. So wow. basically every second table, every second seat had an X on him saying, no, you can't sit down. So yeah, unfortunately right. for that little uh, experience there, we had to sit outside. So they didn't have a problem with us being outside, um, sipping on a cup of coffee at two degrees. And I mean, where I come from, bloody two degrees is is colder than what we get in our coldest day in winter so i was freezing and, and that was spring they reckon that's spring weather over there yeah right they're nuts, nuts. they're bloody in t-shirts and shorts and two degrees and that's celsius <laughs> by the way yeah right right yeah so then we obviously had a couple of sips outside so we waited for someone till till they left and uh yeah, then we jumped back inside so that was the day before the full restrictions came then the day after um instead of this 50% capacity, it was basically 
go in, get your coffee, and then piss off. Um, That's it. Yep. Yeah, it's takeaway only. So they allowed All you right. to come into the the precinct or the premises, but you had to leave. And then All I right. think right. since I've left, you're not even allowed to even come in now. Now it's you have to ring up, you have to order, right. and then you have to like pick up at the door. Like you can't even walk in, or they're just recommending right. you to go through Uber Eats, Deliveroo, and all these other chains. So well, it's almost to that yeah. stage here now in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So that what they have, they've they've come late to the party, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On how to approach this and and all the restrictions, whereas we've sort of gradually been implementing them as we've gone along. Yeah. However, they've just sort of done the whole rip the band aid off with yeah, one straight point, away. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So straight yeah. away. I mean, that, they only had like a two day transition period. Like a right. one day was fifty percent capacity. Next day, full restrictions. Right. Um, then yeah. I mean, I did say I only visited one city. Uh, well, that's a bit of a lie. I did visit a second one and that was only due to a six hour layover in San Fran, San Francisco. Um, nice. So we had a six hour layover and we thought I traveled with a, with a mate and we thought let's capitalize and, and make the most of it and let's go see the Golden Gate Bridge. We were aware that San Francisco also had lockdowns. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were the first major city in America to have the lockdown because they had the Princess Cruise liner um, oh, yes, yep. middle of the Bay Area and we actually did see it. Um, stranded there and docked because of the outbreak they had and Mm -hmm. i think they were one of the first cities to get a lot of infections uh, um spread throughout and so they were a part of and i think they're still a part of a three-week lockdown only essential businesses are open and and we did walk the streets um and we just and once again try to get a coffee over there Mm -hmm. but instead of being denied um seating or anything they weren't even open Um, right Right. So yeah. I think it's a bit questionable not saying that coffee's uh essential. I mean, I bloody need my two cups yeah. of joe. Hey, but um and I uh, look in all seriousness, all we did see that were open were supermarkets, um, pharmacies and I mean it was I think it was after hours anyway, but I'm sure banks would have been open as well and, and I guess really coming down to it, they're probably they are the the only essentials that, that we need to survive during this time and I sort of right. commend all governments around the world to do these lockdowns. I mean it's not hard. Yeah. No. Do do you think? Um. Well, obviously Australia at the moment is is sort of in a semi lockdown. But do you think Australia is maybe dragging the feet a bit with the with a full lockdown? It. Do you, well, I have to throw the question back at you. Do you think they're delaying the inevitable? Do you think yeah. it's just going to get to a stage that it's going to be a full lockdown? I think so. Yeah. I think I, I think maybe even by the end of the week. Um, as we speak on the. Uh, 24th of March, I think uh, by the end of the week, maybe it might be in full lockdown. Um, yeah. Yep. I mean, who knows whether it's it's beneficial or not or if it's going to work. I mean, you could have two weeks of lockdown, say, and um, after that, you know, go back to opening places and um, the spread just continues. So, I mean, is it is it going to be, you know, beneficial? I'm not sure. I think Italy's been locked down for a, close to maybe four weeks now. So, uh, and that doesn't seem to be helping out. No. Absolutely not, and I think because of the fact that those that are in lockdown have prob- and they that didn't know that they were infected at the time, that's what yeah. the lockdown started. And then it's like, oh, mm. all right, we've got it now, and we're not going to spread it anymore, but we've got it. You know, it's it's one of yeah, those yeah. things. And I think initially, like in hindsight, and you always have twenty twenty vision in hindsight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you'd had this experience again going forward, you'd probably just do a quick emergency yeah. shutdown, lockdown, shut down. one to two weeks yeah. of everything. Yep, except yep. for the essential services, mm-hmm. and 
then after that you reopen everything and hopefully that stops yeah. and stems the growth Spread. and you don't have any spikes. Um, because yep, I, yep, I yep. still think it's inevitably there's still going to be a, uh, a fair few people going to get it and contract it. Yeah, exactly. But it's all about allowing our medical facilities and services um, to cope with the um, spread and, and not and having even numbers across the board and being consistent rather than having these spikes where we can't sort yep. of handle those sort of numbers. Um, exactly, yep. But yeah, interesting times. And look, it, it was definitely an experience. Love my time in New York. I mean, definitely go there again. I didn't get yeah, any yeah. taste of it and I left wanting more and yep. wasn't forced out of the decision. But I mean, really, logically, why would you stay in a city that's locked out? Exactly, I mean, yeah. Who, who, would, who would pay to go on a holiday to just stay in the hotel room? You can do that no. bloody at your own house. So That's right, yep. Spot on. So what? What? Um, so obviously, you then had to fly back to Australia um, and come back pretty quickly because we were sort of shutting up borders and whatnot as well. Yeah. Um, so now, obviously, you had to sort of go straight home and then um, get tested for the the virus as well. Maybe just tell us yeah, what the process is here um, in Australia for getting the test. Yeah. So uh, upon arriving into the country, um, I flew back from flew back from the United States with Qantas, and basically just before we were about to touch down, um, so I had a layover in Melbourne, and obviously final destination was Adelaide. Um, mm-hmm. Just before we touched down in Melbourne from San Fran, the pilot told us that there is going to be a secondary declaration that you have to sign um, before you go through customs. So you've got the initial declaration where you asked if you bring in any parts or food or anything unsealed or any cash over 10 grand or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, That's just your standard declaration that it's across the board for many countries. Then they also gave us another form. So that original form was orange. They gave us a green form and that was a COVID-19 um self-quarantine declaration and this is basically just going through sort of um basically the the guidelines and principles and rules and regulations on how to um self-quarantine for 14 days and you're basically signing off that you adhere to those rules um and failure to do so will result in a minimum penalty of up to twenty thousand dollars um and basically just had some exclusions of um you know, times that you're permitted to actually leave your property or your home uh, within those 14 days. So just for everyone that doesn't know, um, the self-quarantine rules um, restrict you to your abode or you're restricted to stay in your house or your property for 14 days, mm-hmm. uh, inclusive of the day that you return. Um, and you're also during that time limited to any contact of people that you live with or if you live alone, it's recommended that you leave the airport um, either through, you know, organized transport, whether it's a relative picking you up or mm-hmm. even if it's a taxi driver to make sure that you're sitting in the back seat away from everyone and it's just making yeah, yeah. sure that, you know, you're limiting those people that you're sort of coming into contact with. And, yeah, if you do have people that you're living with, which I do, um, so I've got my designated areas at home where I've got a couple of rooms that I'm going into. No one else is. So yep, and then yep. dinner, dinner time. Um, well, I'm having dinner at different times, but I'm also having them in that room. Um, I mean, there are some common areas that are unavoidable not to go into. I mean, toilets and showers and stuff. But obviously, taking turns. You obviously don't have showers and go to the toilet with other people, but <laughs> maybe, some, maybe some of you freaks do. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, but after you do so, making sure that you you clean everything up and you're washing your hands. Um, 
after yeah, everything well, and before everything. So yeah, just trying to keep sanitized. And so yeah, back to the original question. So how how I go about getting tested? Well, yeah, part of this declaration is why I brought it up is that it doesn't actually require you to get tested. Um, just because you come back from overseas, all the requirement is is to be isolated for fourteen days. However, right, right. Um, should you show any symptoms, um, you can obviously, or you you should probably get tested. However, so I arrived back on Friday, which was the twentieth of March, um, mm-hmm. and so you know, upon arrival, it, it took me thirty two hours all up from New York to. Um, Adelaide um, to get back um, and that includes some layovers as well. So it was a long bloody time and, you know, you don't really mm. sleep that well on planes. I was having sporadic sleeps of 45 minutes to an hour every few hours and, you know, watching a few scary movies to get me in the mood to just sort of enjoy the flight a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as you do. And then, yeah, so Friday arrived and, you know, after traveling for 32 hours and coming from a, a place that was pretty cold, colder than our usual winter that I'm used to, I had a bit of a sore throat. Um, felt really jet lag and I was always putting it to all jet lag. And then even Saturday yeah. woke up, felt a bit shitty, um, mm-hmm. still felt very lethargic and had the sore throat. And I thought, you know what? I'm pretty sure this is jet lag. Um, I've never actually traveled for longer than say 24 hours at a time, um, in transit between countries and 32 hours definitely broke that record. Yeah. So I thought, geez, I haven't experienced this before. So I'm guessing it's all down to that, but you know what? Better be safe than sorry. So I, had a look at the SA Health website and had a look how I can go about getting tested just for peace of mind. And also I'm guessing that it would have been peace of mind for my family that I'm living with. And also upon my arrival after the 14 days, I'm, I'm pretty sure my employer would like to know um, if I've been tested and, and what that result might be. Because even after 14 yeah. days, who's to say that I might not still have it or not not to show symptoms, you know? I mean, they're suggesting yeah, that on average it could be take up to 14 days, but that's on average. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's different. So I had a look at the website and it said that there was a hospital doing a test near me and they had a designated facility. So I went there um, and obviously this is not in breach of my 14-day self-quarantine rules that I was allowed to leave my premises slash property for medical treatment. Um, so that's one of the exclusions. So, and one of the rare exclusions might I add. Um, so I left, um, drove down obviously by myself, went there and all the signage to go there. And as soon as I got there, you're dealing with, um, staff in full hazmat suits. Like, I mean, they're, they're really kitted up. Um, you know, and and as you expect as well, because this virus is, it's become quite deadly as well. Um, so we got there, um, they gave me a mask straight away, told me to um, disinfect my hands and then uh, we had to sit in the waiting room and the waiting room had a minimum of two meters distance between me and the next person and then they took all the precautions actually and then after I left to go to, there was a couple of waiting rooms, after I le- left the first waiting room to go into the second waiting room, as soon as I got off my chair, there was someone there waiting for me to leave, they disinfect the oh, wow. seat I was sitting on, yeah, um, yeah. some disinfectant wipes um, mm-hmm. so that, and they sprayed it down. So, and I thought that was quite good. Cause I mean, they've got to take all yeah. the precautions necessary. Same thing happened in the second waiting room and basically mm-hmm. waited for about now, an now and a half. And what I didn't learn as well as waiting and seeing pe- random people popping up and coming in is that about 70% of the people that were coming in to get tested had come from overseas. 
Yeah, um, right, right. 30% ha- were, were living here and, and had no overseas travel and may have mm-hmm. contracted it from other people. Um, so right. th- that's just a little stat I'd like to throw out there. So still majority of the people that are getting tested from what I've seen are those that are traveling overseas. Yep. Um, I did actually sit with a few people that had some really serious dry coughs, and that's one of the big symptoms of uh, COVID-19. So dry cough, fever, and shortness of breath. And yep. uh, yeah, I was sitting one, two meters away. I thought, bloody, I hope this is fucking far <laughs> enough, um, even though I'm wearing a mask and she is, but bloody hell, you know. Like, yeah, I guess that's the last thing you want, isn't it? To uh, no, go I... get tested and, and end up catching it from someone. Uh, yeah, imagine you station. get it from there. That's, Jeez. Oh, wouldn't wish sure. that, that upon anyone. But um, mm. yeah, so... Waited about an hour and a half, and oh, it wasn't too bad. I mean, this is just something you're waiting on to sort of uh, give you that reassurance, and this is your life you're sort of dealing with as well. Because, I mean, what we initially thought that it was only really serious to those in the elderly, well, new stats suggest that it's also um, not shy to be contracted to those in their 20s and 30s, and that's the bracket I fall into. Um, yep. And also, there's been a fair share of numbers of deaths in those in the 20s and 30s and, and all age ranges between, but primarily it's between 20 and say 70 have been the massive chunk of age groups that have contracted it and also mm-hmm. died from it. So yeah, well, at that point with that sort of new data that I'd uh, come across, I wasn't going to take any shortcuts or I wanted that reassurance. So yeah, after waiting an hour and a half, finally got called into the room, mm-hmm. uh, got told to confirm my details, name, date of birth, all that sort of stuff. And then um, the nurse slash doctor I actually don't know what she was but she was one of them um <laughs> she's pretty straight to the point um yep. asked me well, what i've done what i've got um and just yeah just quickly before i do proceed in order to get tested in australia or especially south australia not anyone off the street can go so yeah, i did yeah. see a couple of people get rejected when they walked up as i was waiting mm-hmm. you either like to qualify for a test you either have to have come from overseas mm-hmm. right or you have to show one of the three major symptoms of coronavirus, which is uh, dry cough, yep. shortness of breath, or a fever. You have to show those three symptoms or or, or even yeah. then alternatively to that, the third option is have a GP recommend you. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know about the GP recommendations. I mean, I'm not too sure which uh, doctor's clinics would want you walking in if you think you've got it. Maybe it might have to be like a phone consult or something like that. I'm not sure how true, that works. True, true. But yeah. So well, they probably yeah, don't just, want to waste too many kits. Like, like the testing kits are exactly. pretty scarce at the moment. So yeah, exactly right. And also, you know, loving the Australian medical system we got here, and we're pretty fortunate to have it. That the fact that we can get tested for free, mm-hmm. and you know, we can get the results between twenty four and forty eight hours. I mean, it's really you can only count maybe on on one hand the amount of countries you can sort of get that service where it's free and yeah, the results yeah, come right. pretty quickly. I yep, mean. Yep. I did hear in the States while I was over there that a coronavirus test would have cost you up to three grand depending where you were. Ooh, and that's 3,000 American, by the way. And knowing geez. our exchange rate at the moment, that's probably five and a half grand Australian. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah. So, you sound, you sound like you got a bit of a bit of a snuffle there. So, what, um, what, what was the verdict? What was the yeah, verdict? We all want to know. We're on our edge of our seats here. I'm getting to that, Sam. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, hold your breath, mate. Not in shortness of breath, please, but yeah, just hold it. Um, so yeah, got in there. So either as a doctor or a nurse, female, she was of Indian descent, very nice. Um, but she sort of cut the shit and just asked me uh, what, what the goal is. I said, look, returned from overseas um, yesterday, which was the Friday, and this was the Saturday I was getting the test. Um, 
you know, I've got a bit of sore throat and I feel lethargic, but I'm pretty sure it's down to being in a cold temperature to this climate. It was a nice 22 degree day as well. Um, and also I've been flying in, in transit for 32 hours with a lack of sleep and I can sort of put this down to that. But obviously we're in a time of a massive pandemic. So I just, I'm here for a precaution and I just want to know so I can stay away from the family if positive um, and obviously plan more than 14 days if I am positive as well because it's not just the 14 days that I have to stay at home. It might be a lot longer till that's out of my system. She goes, yep, no worries. I'm happy to do the test. So she got a massive, uh, looked like a massive earbud, like it was a swab. All right. Um, and I've never seen a coronavirus test being done yet. Um, mm -hmm. A few people after I'd had it done told me, oh, what did it feel like? You know, was like uncomfortable. So I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was just a swab in the mouth. So anyway, she starts off with the mouth. She gets to the, this massive swab, a uh, little, it's like an earbud, but it's like a longer version. It's probably mm -hmm. half the size of a ruler. And the uh, cotton tip at the end is is a lot uh, bigger and pointier. So she's right. there swabbing uh, um, the side of my mouth, sort of towards the back of my throat. That was all right. I'm like, oh, it's nothing wrong with this. And then after she's like, all right, now I've got to do your nose as well, like one of your nostrils. So she, she picks a nostril. Uh, it turned out to be my right nostril, if anyone's uh, interested in that. <laughs> Um, and then she shoves it in and fucking hell, mate, geez, she really went deep and down in there. Like she got within like past where your finger can go. Right. And even further, yeah, right. like I she's bloody ticking my brain. I'm going to probably lose a few brain cells here. <laughs> like a standard night when I get on the source, yeah. but nothing. Yeah. A few vodkas hasn't, haven't done it in the past. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and she got in there and as soon as she did and she started pulling out, right. But yeah, like that eyeball, because it was in my right nostril, my right eyeball just started fucking gushing with tears. I'm like, jeez. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. And because you're not prepared for it, you, I didn't know what to expect. So I didn't flinch or anything. I just sort of like sat there. I'm like, just give it to me. You know what I mean? Like, just I'll take <laughs> And uh, yeah, she shoved it in and done a little few turns and pulled it out. And obviously, jeez. no, it's not for anyone that's interested. Um, I do keep my nostrils quite clean. Just it's, a, it's another area. It's another little breathing apparatus for us. Um, so yeah, it came out with a, a slight discoloration as you expect with the mucus and whatever you've got up there. And, uh, yeah. And as she pulled it out, my eyeball started gushing and my <laughs> Jesus fuck Like I was just saying this internally. I wasn't saying it to her. I was trying to to brave up to her and say, ah, oh, what's that? It was like a little piss fart <laughs> done yet. And yeah, she, uh, and then once she's done that, she goes, she put it in this uh, tube, um, sealed it up and uh, she mm -hmm. goes yep we should let you know between 24 and 48 hours but um we're, we're expecting a lot more tests that so could it be up to 72 hours but yeah um right so i was done there uh so i was expecting a look if it's 72 hours it's tuesday if it's 24 hours it's sunday night you know like not sure what's going on but went home and sort of lived the life and next night uh i, I got a phone call and that's how they said that they were going to deliver the the news right uh, obviously they don't want me coming back or they want any face-to-face -face contact and i thought that's probably the best way to do it gave me a phone call um mr terry how you going yep not too bad so we've obviously got we've run your tests and mm -hmm. uh you have tested negative to COVID 19 and i thought oh that's a sigh thank of relief god. thank you very much yeah thank god like uh that's that's really great news and you know i've been waiting for this so yeah thank you for notifying me but she goes mm -hmm. Um, so you've tested negative for COVID-19, but however, um, you have tested positive to the rhinovirus. And then I thought, fuck, for a split. <laughs> I'm like, 
Jeez. Oh, no. I'm fucked. The big rhino. Yeah, the big uh, RV, rhino <laughs> virus. I'm like, Jesus, uh, I'm on death row here. If Corona didn't get me, rhino did. And um, she's like, as soon as she said, you've been tested positive for rhino virus, before I could even respond, I was still trying to gasp with air, <laughs> by the way. Um, she's like, oh, it's just the, the technical term for the common cold. I said, oh, <laughs> that explains everything. I got the bloody uh, blocked nose, sore throat. Um, as you can tell to the listeners, i um, got a bit of a different uh, complexion to my uh, voice at the moment. But um, yeah, so just dealing with a rhino at the moment. Um, Jeez. But yeah, I mean, that was a bit of a sigh of relief and bit of a man flu apparently yeah so just dealing with that at the moment but it's not stopping me from uh living my uh self-quarantine life living my best yep. self-quarantine life as uh i like to live and yeah so that's just a little insight huh. for you and also to the listeners of what i've gone through to get that test and obviously the american trip as well nice In thank other... you for sharing that with us it's um yeah very insightful and Gives the listeners and myself as well a, a chance to hear what the process is um, for this virus testing and uh, self isolation. But yeah, obviously, like we said before, it's it's um, got a lot worse since we had a chat last about it. Um, yes, a lot more deaths, and I think we us and everyone else probably underestimated it. We all thought it's going to be uh, something that blows over in a few weeks, but looks like we're in it for the long haul. Um, we're myself and. And you as well, Terry. We're um, currently working from home as well at the moment. So um, along with we are, our, yeah, pretty much our whole office is working from home. So I think that's you know we're adjusting to working distant or distant working um, from everyone. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's just crazy when you walk down you know the street in the city or you walk down to the mall and there's no one in the mall and it's just a ghost town. It's, it's pretty pretty devastating. It really you know. Really shocking when you see those scenes, um, isn't it? Well, it would be, but I wouldn't know, mate. <laughs> Why do you leave my house? So, yeah, sorry, uh, I just thought I'd rub I'm it in. Have, yeah, cheers for that. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to have to take your word for it. So you could be completely full of shit. I wouldn't know. So I've been <laughs> nah, walking the same trail on my farm for the last bloody four days. <laughs> so I'm sort of getting sick and tired of that shit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Well, yeah, no, honestly, it's, it's, it's actually really, it's just, almost depressing when you walk through a mall and you see you know people in working in shops and, and no one um no one going in the shop so it's it's you know a lot of people are gonna gonna struggle and they already are and um a lot of people you know you see in the news of they've been lining up at uh, centrelink because i think a lot, a lot of people have lost their jobs already that were in um in hospitality and a few other industries that have closed up uh, maybe the gym gyms and whatnot have closed up now in australia as everyone yeah. knows um, is that that goes a bit against the grain, isn't it? Like people lose their jobs, like for, unfortunately enough, um, and I really feel for them as well. And obviously, businesses are forced to shut down due to some restrictions for certain industries. But yeah. going against the grain, as I mentioned, like you know, people out of jobs going to Centrelink, you bloody lining up. Are they keeping the one point five meter distance? Are they? Yeah, you I don't know, know. Like, mm, that's true. And then obviously, phone lines can't cope, so they have to go there in person. Probably the online platforms can't cope, so that that forces the other bunch of people to go in person. So it's just like, geez, they've really set themselves up here. It's like another bloody incubator for the coronavirus to spread even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess people are just desperate at the moment. Like they can't, you know. I don't, I don't blame them. Though, you know, they've got no income. All of a sudden, yep. you know, this this virus comes through out of nowhere and. 
now people um you know without jobs the government's pumping stimulus packages left right and center which they have to do um yeah exactly good, yeah it's good to hear the government doing their bit but i mean at the same time i think um yeah they're just obviously splurging the cash but also um you know obviously they've got to get some money from somewhere and um i think they're doing a bit of quantitative easing i think it's called um which is basically printing money and putting more money physically into the system which is probably why our, our dollar is getting really weak and whatnot but uh, yep. yeah our economy is really copying a, a beating at the moment unfortunately uh, along with you know people losing jobs and yeah it's, it's a really bad combination of uh negative effects this virus is having there's not much positive to come out of it at all yeah quantitative easing i mean that's going to be that is obviously short-term relief but it can also lead to medium to long-term uh financial distress economically yeah. for the country uh, obviously yeah. with lowering dollars and that sort of stuff but i mean we don't really have to worry about external currencies when we've got a crisis internally so let's just focus right. and i think i think the government's doing everything they can um through various uh cash stimulus packages to small businesses and to individuals alike. I mean, there's obviously a few rules everyone has to follow. Not everyone's entitled to it, and, and that's how it should be. I mean, otherwise people are going to rot the system if it's open slather. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, it, it's never perfect, and there's always going to be the odd situation where someone gets caught out and they've, they've copped it their fair share of a whack with the coronavirus, but yet they're not eligible for any of these concessions. So, yeah, um, yeah. and us being accountants, um, we're probably going to be inundated with a lot of these uh, clients of ours that are other individuals or small businesses or even those with turnovers under 50 million that can qualify for these concessions um, that may be, you know, caught out that they don't actually satisfy any conditions to get it but yet they're affected by covid so yeah, yeah. it's so hard to get things right you're never going to make it anyone is. happy yeah yeah um, but it's better than nothing and i think australia from what i've understood and from what i've experienced both here and also in the united states of america is that we've been a lot more proactive with this yeah, yeah. probably mm -hmm. not as much as we could be but more than what most are and that's yep. i think pretty pleasing to know that the country i've come from has done this um, and you've been here the whole time, so you would have experienced it escalating phenomenally yeah. and, and just this exponential growth of infections and cases. Um, <laughs> but what I would like well, to I mean, ask you is yep. Italy. Now, what a strange statistic in the fact that they now have and they now own the greatest number of deaths out of the total death numbers of this mm -hmm. coronavirus recorded now yep. that's that's amazing to me i mean oh, just out of, you, you pick a you pick a country and you'd think all right it originated in china you probably think oh look you probably put your money on china as being the uh country with the most deaths mm -hmm. and then you think to yourself all right um the next you probably think second and third fourth it would be the countries that either do a lot of trade or have a lot of tourists going to and from and then you mm -hmm. probably think they're they're in that list Yep. But then Italy's not only second, third, or fourth to China, where it originated from, they're bloody first. And they've nearly doubled the amount of deaths that um, have come from Hubei in China, which is yeah. uh, in that province. Um, uh -huh. It's crazy. And obviously, you being of Italian descent, Sam, this is close to home for you. I'd like yeah, to ask yeah. you, why um, Italy? Well, yeah, a few things. I guess, um, number one, I think China have definitely, uh, you know, tampered with their numbers and withheld um, a lot of the deaths that 
actually happened there prior to them releasing it to the rest of the world i, I would say i don't know I, I don't know if i did know then i would i would happily share it but i don't know the exact figure but i wouldn't be surprised if it was a good you know 10 times of whatever the figures they were saying um 10 times the amount of deaths over there that they've reported to the rest of the world because they obviously didn't want to make it seem as bad as as what it actually is so i yes. think that that's one factor i think maybe we might be being be uh getting deceived by the chinese with the figures um then yeah obviously a lot of deaths over there which i think apparently is a combination of um italy being the second oldest uh population in the world i think second to uh japan so they've got oh, a really right, per capita yeah 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 so really um old population and aging population over there so that doesn't help because obviously the deaths that are occurring with this virus are uh, with the uh, people that are you know elderly and having respiratory problems and whatnot which obviously comes with age so that's yes. uh, a combination of that and also apparently um in the northern parts of italy where it's really really uh, getting bad a lot of chinese um well a lot of people from china um went over there pretty much straight after this um, outbreak uh, occurred and, and started working and whatnot over there. So apparently they got a, a lot of yeah employment over there from people from China. Um, oh, right. And obviously that that's going to spread it pretty quickly. Um, if yeah. you're going to get yeah, you know, I, I heard I don't know where the stat was from, but I heard there's thousands and thousands of um, people that went over from China and and started working over there. So um, and that was what sort of sparked this you know bad chain reaction. Um, yeah, again, the aging population—that's that's all it takes, you know, for to spread through a, a close and tight knit, um, you know, community. Which over there, obviously, there's not a lot of space for people to live, so they kind of live on top of each other with apartments and, um, you know, those kind of uh, arrangements where they live on top of each other and always in contact with each other, and you know, they're all, um, you know, I mean, you walk down the street shaking hands with all, all the paisanis there and you know, you don't know. You could be spreading it by your hand just with a basic handshake, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's so, part yeah, of the I culture just, too with, with those Mediterranean yeah. countries that uh, as yep. as part of a greeting, it's either a kiss, a hug or a handshake or all three. Um, and obviously both of us are being of Mediterranean European descent. Um, uh, we can definitely relate to that. And as you mentioned, yep. the aging population um densely closely living with each other and i've been to italy and i've seen some of the accommodations there and, and it's very similar to a lot of places in europe where they're just all compacted into a, a small area whether it's close to a metropole or a, you know a, a business district that they're just trying to cram in as close as they can just because obviously uh, owning or operating a car in europe's a lot dearer than what it might be in other countries so yeah um they're all just factors that would help contribute um to the spread and the infection and for it to be exponentially growing ridiculously and but it's just still that that chinese stack because i mean there's a lot of chinese people everywhere even in australia we have a lot of uh, students come over um yeah and i can imagine that that's that's the usual case around the world i mean everywhere i've traveled to around the world and i've been to three continents um and four including australia i've seen chinese people everywhere and i mean yeah it's yeah. no surprise when their population's over what is it 1.1 billion or is it, is it yeah. more than that now 
I think it's Who more. Knows? I think it's pushing the two almost. But yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, we. They, yeah, they do. Yeah, they have spread um, across the world. Um, but yeah, again, uh, yeah, it's just that that aging population factor. I think it just really infiltrated um, up there, up north, and spread um, spread pretty wide there now. Which yeah, is very sad because um, they just seem to be you know carrying bodies and bodies out of the uh, hospitals and they can't even they can't cope with the amount of people that are dying and going to hospital there apparently it's getting really bad um yeah how about the how about the medical facilities as well in italy they're probably not up to scratch either are they or they're probably not prepared for for this sort of thing either because i mean that's right it's hard to then when even if you put yourself into isolation when you're living that close to other people um then that still might encourage the spread of it because you're all trapped into a confined area or confined um, living space and also, you know, like an apartment building. I mean, you probably yeah, do yeah. have to leave your apartment at some stage to empty the rubbish or something. So you're still having exactly, to go outside yeah. and you might see someone along the way. And yeah, the yeah, medical exactly. facility's there. I'm not sure yeah. what they're like. I mean, they probably... I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah they're probably obviously not... probably prepared to have this many, um, you know infectious people and then how to no. treat that and how to even diagnose that without doing the test you even have enough tests to do you know what i mean that's right yeah well i mean that's the thing you do the test and you say yeah you know you've got it and you've said that to thousands of people but whether they go home and isolate themselves that's a different story you don't know because i mean that's the other thing as well isn't yeah. it yeah in, yeah, in europe i think your result and yeah. you've gone home and you haven't required or even if you're required to isolate but you haven't in that time from being tested to when you get your result and if it is a positive result, who's to say you haven't bloody done your shaking hands, you're hugging, you're kissing mm. greetings, you haven't, you know, shared a pasta with your with your missus or, you know, exactly, um, yeah. going to a bar and, you know, say the bar doesn't wash their cups properly and you've yep, had a couple yep. of pints there and bloody hell, mate, you know, you've just infected another thousand people who can uh, infect 10,000 people and it just can, it's this exponential growth that is ridiculous. Yeah. And, just one stat I'd like to throw out, and this is mm-hmm. a podcast we're not going to throw too many out, but the one I did think that I should bring out is that for the last 100,000 cases that of people that have contracted the virus, it only took four days for that to happen. So yeah, that, right. that's, that's phenomenal growth. And I mean, we're up to just as we speak right now per the John Hopkins University of Medicine uh, mm-hmm. Coronavirus Resource Center website. There is 382,644 cases confirmed um, as of right now. So yep, yep. last 100,000 wow. only took four days. Mm, Whereas crazy. it started on the 31st of December, 2019. Yep, yep. And so if you take four days ago, it, it we had 282,000 cases being confirmed from basically, say, 1 January all the way to the 20th of March, and then since the 20th of March, we've had another 100,000 cases. So mm, crazy. growth is crazy, and governments need to take serious action. And and whether they do or they don't, people need to listen. They yep, need to yep. follow instructions. I mean, how hard is it to bloody go home? Yep. Wash your hands. Well, that's it. And just, you know, we. I'm pretty sure most people these days, especially in the Western countries, um, you've got a mobile phone or you've got a TV you may yeah. have internet access or Wi-Fi. Most people have got an internet hub right in their pocket, which is their mobile phone. Whip it out and entertain yourself for a bit. Or if not, be bored. I mean, it's okay to be bored here and there. You're yep. staying safe. Or right. talk to people you live with. If you don't live with someone, well, I'm sure you've got some form of entertainment. Yep. Do yoga, meditate, I don't know. 
catch up with well, some sleep. Yeah, I'm sure you saw on the weekend. I think it was yeah, it was on the weekend where um, Bondi Beach uh, was packed with people um, straight after you know the the prime minister came out and and uh, brought in all these restrictions of gatherings and whatnot, and there were thousands yeah. of people on top of each other at the beach, and uh, that obviously was sort of the last How straw. How disrespectful before. is that to our PM? If you think about it, oh, it's, it's like we don't yeah. give a shit what you say, Scomo. We're just gonna do what we want. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. get we're gonna get them skin yeah. cancer. And and whilst we're getting a skin cancer, we get a we might get a side of coronavirus too. Mm, yeah, it's like going through the drive-through at HJ's, except this is deadly. <laughs> yeah, it's pathetic. Go there for a fucking tan. Don't listen to your PM's instructions, and also get coronavirus while you're at it. Yeah, I mean these people don't they, they don't think like I mean all right yes well and all well and good like I'm I'm not personally scared if I get it that I will die, but it's more that you don't want to spread that virus to someone in your family or, or someone else that's an elderly yeah. person and be the cause of their death. Because at the end of the day, if you, you know, if that happens and you're to blame, how are you going to live with yourself um, if that happens? I just, I don't understand people's mentality. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Um, I haven't got it and I'm confirmed that I don't have it, which is, it's, it's really good to know. Um, but, you know, I've got 10 days left of self-quarantine. I can't leave the property. Like, it, it's going to get mm. to a point where I'm going to get really frustrated about it. And imagine, yep. like, you know, someone that does have it. I mean, all right, they're, they're worrying about their health, but they also can't leave indefinitely till they're right. even better. Um, clear, and, yeah. and getting yeah. medical attention whilst you've got it, that's going to be a bit of a hurdle too. Because yep. I'm pretty sure as good as Australia's medical is, um, it's going to be exercised to the nth degree, and whether yeah, yeah. they can cope with that or not, I mean, that's—I mean, no one's really ready for this. Because on top of coronavirus, they're still dealing with people who've got cancer, heart attacks, and you know all this other stuff as well. People are forgetting that you can get sick other ways too. You know what I mean? So they've got all yeah, this other yeah. stuff to worry about. People breaking yeah. arms, and like people still having accidents and stuff. So you got the intensive care unit worrying about that. Then you've got these people with coronavirus. This is like the new flavor of the month, or it's probably going to be sticking around for maybe over a year. So, mm-hmm. like, how do you juggle all that? How do you work out the priority? Like, this is just a bloody. This is like showing a, a you know, a board of chess to a three-year-old and saying, "Oh, beat me." Yeah, like yeah. A, a chess master. Otherwise, I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just how, how do you? Which piece do you move? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's crazy times. Um, it is. And and the the worst part about Italy being the most affected in terms of deaths, mm-hmm. not the most cases, but the most deaths, and it's nearly the most cases. It's got the second most. Um, <clears throat> is that it's tied in and landlocked with other countries in Europe. Yeah, that's the thing. Yep. Whereas Australia's an island, sort of the only way we ever got it was by someone having it and coming here. So, that's right. Yep. I mean, if we really wanted to be proactive, and with the, with the um twenty twenty vision in hindsight, we could have just quickly stopped the borders straight away once we had one case. Because I mean, then we could have isolated that one person and anyone that one person would have been around, and then sort of contained it then and there. So yeah. having been in an island, you only can get it from someone visiting you. Whereas now with right. Italy, obviously it came from somewhere yeah, else. Somewhere else. When it comes yeah. to Italy, but then, you know, it didn't stop people traveling to other countries because you can do that. Mm, so exactly. Well, that's one, one uh, cri- a bit of criticism for the Australian government. I think um, they were a bit slow to close the the borders and, and stop the flights coming in from um, these high risk areas and and any other areas. I think they should have just honestly they should have just 
stop flights internationally and yep. uh, weathered the storm for a bit. I mean, obviously, it's going to affect your economy, but I mean, look where we're at now. The economy is completely shot. Yeah. Um, and it, it could have possibly been prevented if we did, you know, stop all these um, these people coming in from overseas. I know, obviously, there was people people from uh, well, Australians that were on holidays and whatnot. But it was, yeah, it's pretty tough to, to deal with now because, um, yeah, too little, too late. We've got, you know, no international flights, but it's, uh, yeah, it's spread way too far and it's a matter of containing it here now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think as well that right now, obviously, they do have restrictions in terms of flying into Australia that only Australian residents can clear customs and, and come into the country. If somehow yep. you manage to jump on board a flight that goes to Australia, well, you're not yeah, going to yeah. allowed to be going past, which which I, I agree because, I mean, it, it's important that Australian residents come home and they have the ability to come home. We don't want to close the doors on them. But what I did notice when coming back into the country, and I was surprised, and a lot of people ask me this question, and I'm sure other people are curious, is that upon entering in, I didn't actually get tested and, and there were no tests being done, just that declaration saying that you have to adhere to mm. the self-quarantine. I was a bit surprised about that. I'm not sure if it's yeah, yeah. changed since, but I returned in the thick of it. So, I mean, maybe they don't have, and, and I wasn't expecting a, like a swab test. I just thought when I seen on TV, like a fever test or something like that. Yeah. Um, so maybe they just don't have enough equipment or enough personnel to administer those sort of um, quick passive tests or anything like that. But, yeah, I'm guessing now, even if Australians are allowed to come back in, they probably should still um, implement those passive tests and, and action them because mm -hmm. it's important. I mean, we want Aussies home safe and sound and where they belong, and we want the, the ability for them to come home if they want. Yep. But once they do come home, I mean, they're just as uh, likely to have it as anyone else coming into the country. So I think they should be uh, subject to a test as well, or at least anyone yeah. going forward so we're not bringing any more in. Yeah, um, that's true. But I mean, yeah, closing the borders—it's it, such a—it's such a defensive move to make. And I think by if you, as a government, trying to put the government hat on, if you did that straight away, you'd you'd inject too much fear into the country. And I think Australia had a lot a lot of fear initially in the early stages, more than a lot of other countries. I mean, as you can tell, with all the mass purchasing of you know supplies being toilet paper being a one of them that toilet yeah, gate. Yeah toilet paper gate saga and the oh, bottled geez. waters and you know the the non-perishables with the rices and pastas and you know the long shelf items um with all that sort of panic buying we were already doing that before any of these severe restrictions actually came into play we yep. still at, at this point in time when everything was selling out and there was a inability to get to get those necessities um you, you know restaurants are still open yeah cafes are still open um pubs and clubs are still open so it's not, yep. not like you couldn't get it anywhere else mm, and yet we're yeah, doing true. that imagine going to those full restrictions right straight off the bat imagine how people would reacted to that so i sort of can understand from the government's perspective that you cannot do uh, a band-aid type approach however yeah. the americans yeah, yeah. have sort of done that but i think they were a bit more chilled with it in the early stages, so maybe they, maybe the government needed to do that band-aid approach and rip it straight off with them, just to sort of hey, wipe the sleep away from your eyes. This yeah. this shit's real. Like let's let's I be serious so, yeah. about. It. So that's and probably that's what pro they needed. What we yeah. didn't need is probably that. Even though, all right, to, to minimise the cases, it would have improved. But in terms of the uh, the morale of the the population and the fear, probably try to um, limit increasing that. 
So mm. it, it's well, hard. It could, it could be different leaders though too, you know, like Trump's obviously a bit of a straight down the line kind of guy and a bit of a tough nut. He just doesn't care, does things and, and uh, deals with it later sort of thing. But I don't know. Mm. Um, the Australian prime ministers always seem to be worried about what other people are, uh, are th- uh, saying and what, you know, what uh, is going to affect, uh, you know, what China is going to think of us if we go and reject their flights and whatnot. But I don't know. It's, it's yeah, a exactly. sticky situation. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in, um, you know, the position of ScoMo or um, any leader around the world at the moment because it's pretty tough. Absolutely. And and speaking of Donald Trump, um, have you heard that he's calling it the China virus? Yeah, I have. Yeah, and I th- but honestly, I think that's a fair call. I mean, it, it's uh, it originated in China. That's what we've been told, and that's where all the information's or what where it's all pointing. So uh, if it's originated in china or i mean you call someone chinese if they're from china so what's the difference i guess yeah i mean who who had the right to name it coronavirus and covid19 i mean who who makes that call on that mm. so well, that, that, yeah. that's interesting um i'm yep. sure john hopkins hasn't had a say on that um <laughs> or anything like that but yeah china virus and is he is he sending some sort of subtle message with that like is he insinuating that all right, not only it originated from there, but is he is there a bit more meaning to that? Like, do you think there's some sort of conspiracy about mm. what he's trying to say? Do you think potentially he's pointing the finger at China? Not only did it come from there, mm-hmm. did Jews create this? Because Maybe. funnily enough, China are now on the decline in terms of their spike of cases and deaths and infections. That yeah, yeah. they're actually yeah over the curve and they're actually improving mm-hmm. quite rapidly. Um, mm. and you know, interestingly enough, you know, to, to add some fuel to the fire with this, they built a hospital in a week, right? It's almost yeah, yeah. as if they knew this was going to happen to, to have the ability to do that. All right. You can have manpower, you can have ingenuity, you can have the ability, um, for so much labor to, to sort of construct something quickly, but a mm. week, I mean, <laughs> with it. Did they have crazy, like yeah. temp- they have like templates in their top drawer waiting for like something that <laughs> has to happen, or they knew when it was going to happen? They're like, all right, we've uh, cleared space, we're going to do it there, and uh, just wait for this thing to for the shit hit to hit the fan, and uh, away we go. Um, Maybe, but yeah. a week, well, man, like didn't even let probably, the concrete dry. Yeah, true. Yeah, probably. You know what? That sort of reinforces the the thought that um, they knew about it a lot longer. Well, sorry, they they, they found out about it a lot longer before they actually release this information to the public and obviously they're pretty protective with their um news stories that come out of there so yeah i don't know i think definitely they knew about it a lot longer before they released information but yeah i, I, I yeah you, you're right though it is it is uh weird they do, do seem to be getting over it pretty quickly and um yeah who knows i don't know maybe they've got some secret vaccine over there mm, potentially um could be some soy sauce or something. I don't know. But, uh, but um, yeah. you know, in, in regards to that, you know, they're getting over the curve. Their, their numbers are dropping, which is yeah, it's great to hear. I mean, they are humans, and and, and we are also. Um, and you, you know, you want to you want to see those sort of statistics come through. I mean, that'd be great once we all can get it. Um, but it's good to see a country that had it first is sort of getting over that hump. And you know, yeah. if that is a sign for things to come. If if they are 
um, reporting and being transparent that everything mm. that's happened to them is true, then basically exactly. saying that if the first case was on the 31st of December and it's now nearly the end of March, so then maybe it might take three months for um, an improvement. So then basically, I guess the, the full weight of the cases hit in Australia was probably the start of March. So maybe yeah. by the end of May, we may be semi seeing similar results. So hopefully yep. that's the case, but we just mm -hmm. don't know, do we? No, we don't know. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, like we said, we everyone under underestimated it. Um, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't do any more um, episodes on, on this issue because, yeah, personally, I don't want it to go for any longer than it has. It's affecting everyone everyone's lives in the world. Um, it's, a, it's amazing how one virus can affect literally every single person in the world. So, yeah, hopefully we don't have to... Uh, um, we don't have to do another episode on it if it does go for you know uh, another couple months. So I guess where yeah, we'll have to keep um, updating people and keep having a, you know a few more chats about it. But um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Hopefully for now it's, that's it. So um, what say we uh, wrap up this one and yeah, hopefully some positive uh, news to come. Yep, I completely agree, Sam. So hopefully this is the last uh, we touch on coronavirus. Um, so, yeah, we shall see. Um, stay safe, people, making sure that we wash our hands, keeping our distance. It's cool to be socially distant. Um, making sure that you're following us on Instagram and Twitter, which is at TurnstonesPod, which is our handle. Um, and, yeah, give us your thoughts on not only the episode, but um, any recommendations or tips and tricks for how to keep healthy and clean and socially distant. And, yeah, stay safe, have fun. Sam, sign off. Thank you very much. Good night and good luck. Bye.